Welcome to the Marriage on Fire podcast, the show for couples that shares research-based relationship insights, advice, and strategies for creating and sustaining a happy and fulfilling marriage, where we look at the stuff that truly makes the relationship and how to live a good life. And here's your host, husband and dad and relationship coach, Gideon Hanacom, creator of the popular New Zealand-based blog, TheRelationshipGuy.com. What's up, everybody? This is Gideon, and welcome back to episode number one on Marriage on Fire. So this week, I want to get into a very specific topic, and what we're going to talk about is called a skill that is linked to happier relationships. So we're going to talk about one particular skill that research has found will make all the difference in your situation, in your relationship, in your marriage, and it is a skill. It is not something that you're necessarily born with. Now, I would say, you know, sort of beforehand that some people are, this this skill sort of comes a little bit more naturally for some people, but it's uh, nonetheless something that all of us can learn if we actually just make it one of those things that we want to learn and we actually try to apply it to our situation. So a study was done on 218 heterosexual couples. And in this study, which was essentially a survey that was asking around the happiness of these couples, they found that a skill that was in the end linked to creating happier relationships was the skill of mindfulness. Now, I know this word or this idea of mindfulness have been floating around, and I know in some parts of the world it is a concept that is you know much more prevalent and much more people are more aware of it. But here in the West, even though it's sort of become a very popular thing nowadays, usually linked to uh, you know exercises or things like yoga and uh, meditation and, and those type of uh, practices, uh, mindfulness as a skill within our everyday lives and as part of definitely as part of our uh, sort of our relationships and our marriages as a skill that we can use to actually enhance the the quality and the happiness of our relationships isn't necessarily something that a lot of us. Uh, would kind of think about and uh, you know I know I work with a lot of couples and, and, and quite a few of them are completely oblivious and completely unaware of the reality and of the the power that a skill like mindfulness can actually have in their marriages or their relationships. So in this particular study of 218 people, the results showed that there is a very high association between higher relationship mindfulness and better relationship satisfaction along with lower stress. The same study also showed that women who have mindful partners or mindful husbands were also less depressed. And uh, if we had to sort of think about this for a while, which we're going to do in the show today, uh, we can probably surmise why that is. But all in all, when couples display high levels of mindfulness within their marriage or relationship, the levels of satisfaction and levels of stress. So levels of satisfaction go up and levels of stress go down as well as levels of quote-unquote depression goes down. Now, this is, of course, not clinical depression, but probably just, you know, a general state of lowness uh, or feeling down. And women who have partners uh, with, you know, who are more sort of higher in mindfulness, they typically experience less of that. So, of course, the question now becomes, well, what is mindfulness? What, what, how, would we, how do we define it? And uh, what's the definition that we're going to work with? If you are to start building mindfulness in your marriage, in your relationship, uh, what is it uh, in order to create it? 
I think the simplest way to define it, and I want to give you two sort of simple definitions, uh, which I'll then sum up, which I think is a sort of a working definition, something that we can all understand is the first part to understand around mindfulness is, is it is essentially a way to pay attention to the present moment in a non-judgmental way. I'll repeat that because I think there's a, a lot to that particular statement that we need to understand. If you want to be a more mindful partner, you need to understand that it's all about paying attention to what is happening in the present moment in a non-judgmental way, meaning that you're not criticizing what's going on, you're simply paying attention to what's going on and essentially, you know, or eventually responding to that particular, you know, event or incident or whatever is happening at the time. A quote from Jean Kabat-Zinn defines mindfulness as follows. Mindfulness means paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, and non-judgmentally. So he kind of defines it in the same way. So essentially, mindfulness is about this idea of being present, being aware in the present, accepting what is happening in the present, and then responding most appropriately in that moment, knowing that things can and will change. And because you know that consciously or unconsciously, you probably look at or observe the present moment, whatever whatever is happening in the moment, with a non-judgmental, uh, from a non-judgmental point of view or perspective or stance. So you're not simply reacting to the situation. So the question obviously becomes: If we and the study obviously or didn't really go into this, um, so this is kind of where we sort of go off track a little bit. But the question that I immediately thought of when I read this study is: Well, why is mindfulness so powerful? Or potentially powerful for couples. We know it's it's a powerful thing in other areas of life. We know that you know many people talk about reducing stress and alleviating anxiety and those type of things by you know utilizing practices of mindfulness or things like mindfulness meditation and you know things like that. We know that it's powerful in those areas of life. But but what about couples? Why is mindfulness as a skill that we can utilize, we can implement? Um, consciously such a powerful thing for couples. Why is it that it is associated or linked to higher levels of happiness, higher levels of satisfaction, um, and in the same breath, reducing uh, stress levels or anxiety levels or even levels of depression? Why is that? I think essentially there are three reasons, or I take or surmise there are three reasons why it's so powerful. And uh, this, I'd like to share this with you just sort of as food for thought uh, to, you know, to sort of try and convince you to consider this skill uh, within your own marriage. So the first reason I think mindfulness is so powerful for couples is what I call uh, feelings of importance or significance. I think when you're in a marriage or in a relationship and you know that your partner, your spouse is mindful of you, of your feelings, of your wants, your needs, what you're going through, what it creates is unconsciously perhaps feelings of importance and significance. In short, you kind of feel that you matter. You're important enough for your partner to be mindful, not just of themselves, but 
also of you, what you're going through, what you're experiencing, what you're feeling in the moment. And also because they're not simply reacting or responding, you know, willy-nilly whenever you're going through a bad time, they're actually applying mindfulness and, you know, in a sense paying attention to you. What that creates is feelings of significance in yourself, knowing that you're in a safe place, knowing that you matter to your partner and that, uh, you know, him or her understanding you is far more important than simply winning the argument. So I think the first reason it's a powerful thing is because it creates feelings of importance and significance. Your partner feels more significant, more important when you display mindfulness. The second reason I surmise, or the second reason I think, why mindfulness is such a powerful skill to apply within your marriage is because it potentially creates feelings of happiness and fulfillment or satisfaction. Now, we know the study, you know, showed this, but what I mean by this is I think that when we display mindfulness to our partners, um, they experience that their needs are met more often or the chances of their needs being met increase. What I mean by that is, is that our partners cannot meet our needs in a way that makes sense to us and really meets our needs uh, if they are completely oblivious to what our needs actually are. I mean, I meet so many couples where, you know, they they struggle or they're struggling as a couple. And um, but they're also completely oblivious to as to one of the reasons why they're struggling. But once you ask them, you know, what is it that your partner actually wants? Uh, what is it that you actually want or desire? What are your needs? What's your partner's needs? Um, they kind of or you get sort of, you know, met with this very blank stare. People are very unclear about the things that they actually do want, which is kind of ironic because when you ask people what they do want in their marriages or relationships to improve it, they typically respond with this whole list of things that they don't want. And the reason people typically answer that or in that way is because they are usually very unclear about what it is that they actually want. I think when we display mindfulness or when we have a high level or high skill level of mindfulness as an individual partner within a couple, then we uh, the chances just increase for us to actually know what our partner truly wants and what their needs are, and we have a much bigger, big, uh, bigger and a better chance to actually meet those needs. And I think when we do do that uh, and apply mindfulness in that way, then ultimately it leads to feelings of happiness and fulfillment. Which brings me to the third reason I think that mindfulness is so powerful for couples. I think it also creates feelings of relaxation, meaning that when we know our partner gets us, we know that they're just they're not oblivious to us. They're not completely ignorant of what we want, what our needs are, and our needs are actually being fulfilled and actually being met on a consistent daily basis. Then that obviously ultimately leads to, I would say, a state of feeling emotionally safe and at peace within that relationship. Because our needs are being met all the time, even when things go a little bit haywire and you know the disagreements of life show up, ultimately that doesn't really phase us when that happens because 
we kind of have these feelings of inner sort of inner relaxation, you know, where there's there is peace, our relationship is filled with calmness. And we feel emotionally safe with our partners because we know they take care of us. We know we are being taken care of. And there's never a point where we kind of feel that they don't get us or we feel unsafe with them. We know that, you know, we kind of feel like uh, we're being embraced and we're in a safe place. And they get us emotionally, physically, uh, psychologically. You know, we're just being taken care of. And so I think mindfulness is a powerful skill because it leads to these sort of different emotional states, these different feelings, feelings of importance and significance, feelings of happiness and fulfillment, satisfaction, and feelings of relaxation, you know, being emotionally safe. Quick story I want to share with you, uh, and this is a story that my wife actually tells uh, quite a bit whenever she gets a chance. Years ago when my wife and I, before she was my wife, uh, started dating, um, or during during our time of, of you know courtship when we were dating each other. That's an old word, courting each other. Um, I remember she was still working at a big magazine company at that stage, media company, and uh, she was coming up for the weekend to visit me. And uh, it's about a two two and a half hour drive. And uh, that particular day was cold. I think it was in winter. It was raining. It was just was a miserable day. And uh, she uh, texted me to say that she was going to be late. So she was going to leave work fairly late. She had, uh, there were some deadlines and stuff that they, I don't know if they missed the deadlines or whatever, but she had to work late. She was a graphic designer and she had to work late and uh, she was going to leave work late. And uh, so she did and eventually got uh, home fairly late that evening. But as she was uh, obviously driving over to my place, which was two, two and a half hours away, I kind of just, you know, I don't know if I did it consciously or unconsciously, but I kind of just put myself in her shoes, kind of thinking, well, obviously, if she gets here, she's going to be hungry, she's going to be cold, it is a miserable evening, uh, she's going to be really tired uh, of, you know, a long day's work and uh, just getting, you know, the, the work in that, you know, that was required of her. So I just went ahead and, and uh, I cooked a stew. I, you know, it was one of the few things I could actually make, and I think it was a curry stew or something like that. Uh, it came out pretty good and pretty well, and uh, when she turned up, I still remember I said to her, well, she turned up and it was raining and stuff and, and uh, you know, helped her with her bags and whatnot, and I said, well, if you're hungry, I made a curry stew, and I was just waiting for you to eat and stuff, and I still remember she actually burst out in tears, not because the curry was so strong or because it tasted bad, but just because I actually considered her and actually made the effort to prepare food for her to eat, knowing that she... Uh, would be hungry and, you know, tired after a long, long week and a long day's work. And it was really sort of, I don't want to say a defining moment for her, but I know she still talks about it because it was so, um, just such a important moment and such a, you know, nice gesture uh, from, you know, my part uh, in that moment. Now, I'm not telling you this to kind of pat myself on the back, but why I'm telling you this is because when we operate with or from the skill of mindfulness and we don't just rush around in our relationship oblivious to our partner's needs and wants and stuff they're actually that important to us that we always consider them first and foremost when we make decisions when we you know choose to do things 
um, what that does is it actually unlocks their hearts. It actually, in a sense, really communicates and cements the fact that we love them and care for them. And that goes a long way in creating, I would say, marriage satisfaction. When we are oblivious to our partners, it does exactly the opposite. And I see this happen all the time working with couples. So I can completely understand why mindfulness is such a powerful thing, uh, research now backs. And, um, and I would encourage you to consider the skill as a way within your relationship. Now, obviously, the question becomes, well, okay, that's uh, that's all dandy, Gideon, but how do I actually go about creating or improving the skill of mindfulness within my situation? I work, both my wife and I work, you know, we've got kids, little kids, uh, teenagers that we've got to deal with, we've got financial pressures, uh, you know, we've got businesses to run, we've got uh, hobbies to tend to, you know, what, 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 do we, what do we have to do? How do we go about creating mindfulness? Well, I think... The easiest thing about mindfulness is, firstly, it doesn't cost you anything, so it is free. It is simply something that you can use and utilize and start doing, so that's that's the good news. The other good news is, is that you don't actually need to take any time to practice or adopt mindfulness as a skill or as something that you use within your relationship. Mindfulness is simply a practice that you can that you can adopt and you can start doing any time. In fact, you can start doing it right away, right after listening to this particular episode. You can start, you know, operating within the scope of mindfulness. You can start utilizing the skill of mindfulness within your marriage and uh, and you'll probably start seeing the results. But to make it more practical, I want to give you five tips for being more practical, oh sorry, more mindful as a spouse. And these are very, very simple. I'm not going to go into them, uh, you know, with too much depth, but I want you to at least just write them down and consider them because I think they will at least give you a good start. Now, to be clear, I'm not going to give you a, a couple of tips for practicing mindfulness and meditation or, you know, any of those things. That's not what this is about. This is about the idea of being mindful as a partner within the scope of a relationship or a marriage. This is what this whole episode is about, how to be more of a mindful individual. So the five tips I I want to give you are as follows. The first one that I think is probably the most important step is you need to learn to slow down. And what I mean by slowing down is, is that in order to be more, more mindful, you need to think in terms of presence and present. And what I mean by that is, is that in order to be more mindful, a good thing or a good place to start is actually to start being more present, you know, your part for your partner to experience your presence, uh, meaning you're physically there a lot of the time. And when you're there, not just to be physically present, but actually to be fully present. I think when we do that, our partners actually sense that, but we also have a much bigger and a much better chance to be mindful. It is very difficult to be mindful at a distance. It's very difficult to display mindfulness when we're always away. In fact, I would probably argue that when you're always away, when you're never present, you probably, uh, you know, you're probably lacking mindfulness more than um, actually having mindfulness. So the best way to start doing that in my understanding or the way in the way I'm thinking about it is, is to actually slow down and then and that might mean anything in your life you know maybe you need to start thinking about how you're running your business maybe you need to start thinking about you know how you're doing your job maybe you need to start thinking about how you manage time how you manage the kids how you manage your sports you know or your hobbies your friends your mates um, but I think part of becoming more mindful is is to actually slow down 
down to become a slower version of yourself and not to always be in a rush because you can only become mindful when you actually slow things down because when you slow down, then you can actually do the second step, which is to be intentional. I think a simple tip for being more or becoming more mindful is to simply be intentional about it, meaning you make a conscious decision, you make a conscious choice to actually be more mindful. I know it's not rocket science and I know it's oversimplified, but sometimes just by choosing to do something and committing yourself to something is all that you need. We don't have to you know, sort of overcomplicate everything. Sometimes we just need to make a, you know, have clarity on what we want to do, make a decision to do it, and simply to just do it. So slowing down and then being intentional with being more mindful will give you a good start. Number three, the third tip for being more mindful is to, once you've made a decision, simply choose to pay more attention, become more focused. When we are more focused on our partners, what we do by default is we actually become distracted from distractions, if you follow that. When we choose to focus on our partners, that's where the energy will flow. That's that's where our attention will go. But if we are constantly focused on other things, we are trying to multitask, we're trying to focus on multiple things, then it becomes too easy to become distracted and we will struggle to pay attention and be mindful of our partners, especially in the present moment. So how do you become more mindful? Well, you start by choosing to be more uh, focused. You pay more attention. You choose to pay more attention, especially when they're speaking to you. You choose to listen. You choose to put your phone down. You choose to look away from the television show or even switch it off. You're choosing to pay attention and give them the attention that they need. But you also pay attention to where they're at. You pay attention to their emotional state. You pay attention to their energy state. You pay attention to, you know, the things that you can pick up from their behavior. And, you know, you maybe you have to surmise things we maybe you have to guess a few things but you can tell when your wife is tired you can tell when your husband is tired and then you know you simply respond to that in the moment that is also being part of you know being more mindful which brings me to the fourth sort of tip that I can give you for being more mindful and that is to manage your own emotional state it's very difficult to adopt a new habit or do something that is not normal or something that is not, you know, your usual, uh, you know, not not sort of normal to you or it's uncommon, uh, something like mindfulness that you have to sort of sometimes push yourself to do. It is very difficult to do anything that 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 doesn't come naturally to you when you're in a unhelpful emotional state. And so part of dealing with you know, an emotional state or part of learning a new skill and applying a new skill is actually dealing with whatever it is you're feeling that's not helping you to do that. So if you're feeling unmotivated for whatever reason, you've got to deal with the motivation first before you, you know, you'll be more inclined to do it. So years ago, uh, my supervisor, counseling supervisor, she taught me a little acronym that I want to teach you. And this is a very simple little acronym that I that I teach all my clients as well that has to do with managing your emotional state before you try and do anything that's a little that's more complicated, like you know, applying mindfulness. The acronym is the word HALT, that means to stop. And each letter stands for a particular need. When you sort of know that within yourself, within your partner, that one of you have this particular need, then do what the acronym says, HALT. 
and pay attention to that need, meet the need first before you try and do anything else. So the H stands for hunger, the A stands for being angry, the L stands for feelings of loneliness, and T stands for the feeling of tiredness or fatigue. Whenever you're feeling hangry, uh, hangry like my wife does, but whenever you feel hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you know, ask yourself, first and foremost, what do I need to do right now to meet that particular need? Uh, do I just need to eat something? Do I need to maybe have some time out to cool down? Do I need to maybe just get a hug from my partner without getting into, you know, long conversations because I'm feeling, t- you know, lonely, I'm feeling on my own? Uh, or do I need to just go and sit down for a moment, maybe just have a sleep, you know, because I'm tired before you try and do anything else? But that's all part of managing your emotional state. So many people are completely oblivious to how their emotional state or how they're feeling in the moment, and that includes your physical feelings, how that can sometimes interrupt all good intentions. When you have a physical uh, need that needs to be met, meet it first before you try and do anything else. That'll, That'll make things so much easier. If you want to, you know, be more mindful. If you're tired, you're not going to be mindful. If you're angry, it's, you're going to struggle to be mindful. So deal to or tend to those needs first, then come back and do what you need to do. Which brings me to the fifth and last tip before we bring this episode to a close. The fifth and last tip for being more mindful, and that is to respond appropriately in the situation. Now, to respond appropriately in the situation is not the same as reacting callously. They are two different things. What I mean by responding appropriately is, is that when you're mindful as a spouse, when you're mindful and aware of what your partner is feeling, as well as what you're feeling, you can respond appropriately in the situation because you're present and you're you're kind of observing the situation, you know, from a present point of view with a non-judgmental perspective, meaning that you're not simply reacting callously and obliviously to your partner maybe having a reaction because they're going through a tough moment or they, they had a tough day. You're observing it for what it is and you're in control of your own emotions and you're simply responding appropriately in that moment. And in that moment, it might mean that you're responding with a hug. You don't get sucked into the sort of temptation to respond, you know, or react callously and just completely, you know, ignore the fact that they're tired and you sort of, you know, get sucked into the argument that then sort of escalates into, you know, into something much bigger. Or if they're hungry and you know the reason they're frustrated, they're really annoyed right now, has got nothing to do with you, they're just simply hungry, then maybe just, you know, respond in that moment by, you know, initiating dinner or something or making dinner or, you know, what, ordering some food and whatever you can do to meet the need in that moment. You're not simply reacting to the, you know, to the reaction that is happening. You're not reacting callously, blindly, obliviously. You are responding appropriately. When you respond appropriately, more often, you actually develop the skill, it's almost like a muscle, you develop the skill to be more mindful in the future because it becomes sort of second nature. When we just react callously, we in a sense strengthen that, you know, uh, muscle, you know, in a sense as well. It becomes second nature as well. So five tips, guys, for being more mindful as a spouse. Slow down, be intentional, pay attention, manage your own emotional state or halt, 
and respond appropriately rather than reacting callously. I hope that served you. If you've got any questions, you know, just send them to me and I will try and answer them uh, in some way or another. I'd like to bring this episode to a close now with a quote from James Barres uh, that's on mindfulness and hopefully this serves you. So this is what he says. Mindfulness is simply being aware of what is happening right now without wishing it were different. Enjoying the pleasant without holding on when it changes, which it will. Being with the unpleasant without fearing it will always be this way, which it won't. Again, friends, I hope that served you. And until next time, as I always say, go and live and love fully and take care of each other. And we will see and talk soon. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marriage on Fire. If you found today's show helpful, please make sure to follow and share it with someone you think needs to hear this. Also, take a moment and head over to therelationshipguy.com to connect with Gideon directly. Again, thanks for listening. And make sure to tune in soon for our next episode of Marriage on Fire.